good morning. Um, we're here from the storehouse. Shout out to Mount Evelyn storehouse. And um, I'm just going to be sharing a bit of a word. So why don't we pray and, uh, and then we'll get into it. So Father, I just thank you for your love. I thank you for your grace. Thank you for your presence. I thank you that you died and you rose again. And we just, we just bless uh, people right now all around the world. I thank you that if anyone is, is unwell, we pray healing over their bodies. And we just thank you that you are alive and you are well. You're not a dead God, you're an alive God. You're alive, you've risen. And uh, every other God is, is, in, is either dead or not present, but you, you rose again and you live today. And we thank you that you want to have relationship with us in Jesus' name. Amen. <clears throat> well, I want to just share a really um, brief word, hopefully, uh, with us around around what Easter means, and uh, that you know, yes, we are in, we have the resurrection, and we have um, we have not only the death, but we have the resurrection. But I want to take a little bit of a step further back and talk about free will. And uh, when Adam and Eve were created by God. God gave humanity free will and he gave us free will. He gave us the ability to choose and he gave us the ability to choose him and not to choose him. And it, this is really important because love, love is a choice. Love is uh, something that you don't, no one puts a gun in my head and says, I have to choose to love my wife. Um, I get to choose to love my wife and I get to choose to love her every single day. And that it's important because love doesn't seek its own. Love, uh, love doesn't force. Love doesn't um, put pressure on. Love doesn't, um, you know, it doesn't do any of those things. Love gives you the ability to choose, which can be scary because then that means that you have the ability not to choose love, and you have the ability not to choose something. And so God, when He created man, He gave man free will, and He created Adam and Eve, and He didn't childproof the garden. He didn't childproof. Uh, the garden. He actually gave Adam and Eve a choice. He said, do not eat of this tree of the knowledge of good and evil. And so he gave them the ability to, to not choose that, which in turn was not choosing, or choose that, which in turn was not choosing God. And <clears throat> this is important because, uh, you know, many people today will uh, say, well, you know, is God doing this or is God doing that? And the reality is that God has given humanity free will. He's given us the ability to choose good and he's given us the ability to choose evil as well. And the moment Adam and Eve chose not to, uh, chose to eat of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, whether it was an apple, whether it was a fig, whether it was a, an orange, whatever, doesn't matter, regardless. But they chose to disobey God and they chose to obey the devil and in turn sin came into the world. And from that point on, sin has had uh, rule and reign in our world. You don't have to look too far to see destruction, evil, murder, rape, um, torment, abuse, wars. You only have to do a little bit of history and a little bit of research to see the torment and the disease and the destruction that is in the world. And so this is not a, a, a cause by God. This is a cause of um, humanity's fallen nature and we would call that a sinful nature or a sinful sin entered the world and that's caused destruction it's called greed 
it's caused um, lust, it's caused murder, it's caused way more things than the Ten Commandments of if you've lied, you've stealed. It's caused the destruction that we have today in the world. And I, I've just written this free will. I, I don't want my daughters to suffer. As a father, I've got three kids. I don't want my daughters to suffer. But in order for them to learn um, that, you know, maybe I say, hey, don't, don't uh, touch the oven, you know, or don't do that. That's going to end up bad for you, right? Don't do this thing. It's, gonna not, it's not going to end well, right? And so I, I explain that to them and I explain to them those things. When, if they, I'm not... Uh, putting gates around uh, staircases or ovens or the road and I'm not childproofing my house just like God didn't childproof the garden because I want them to learn the ability to choose the right thing and if I take away that freedom to do that then I actually take away the ability for them to actually choose what is correct and so I take away the ability to choose if I remove all options and then they just become robots and their love for me is robotic. It's not genuine in nature. And my love for them is robotic. It's not genuine in nature. And so God's done the same thing for us. He's given us the ability to choose him, which in turn means he's given us the ability not to choose him. All right. So we have the free will. We have the choice and we have the ability to choose God or we have the ability not to choose God. And so... Um, Now, I've seen nasty people do good things. And I just want to challenge us this morning a little bit around, you know, people say, well, Liam, that person's a good person. You know, that person does good things. They help the little old lady across the road. They give to the poor. They do all these things. And they're, they're a good person. They, they do good deeds, right? But when sin entered the world, that, that, it's not a case of whether you do good deeds, it's a case of there's a, a inherent nature that uh, we've, we've come into uh, agreement with called sin. Now, whether that's we've missed the mark. Sin is essentially we're missing the mark of God's standard. Who defines good? I'd like to propose. Your good might be different than my good. Someone else's good might be different than you know, other people's good. People often say, well, I've seen you know, the mafia um, love their parents and their family really well, probably love their family better than some Christians love their family, you know? And so it's, it's, you have these standards of like, well, they kill people on one hand and then they love their family really well on the other. So what defines good? What your good might be a different standard than my good. And so who defines good? Well, I'd like to propose that the creator of this whole universe, that God cre is, creates the standard of good. And so... That, that might seem, you're like, well, how can I ever measure up to God? He's God. He's perfect and I'm not. And you're like, oh, I can't do all of these things. I can't, you know, keep all these commandments. I can't keep all these rules. How do I change my nature to becoming good? Do I have to keep working at good works? Uh, do I have to keep doing good things and will eventually I become a good person? Uh, what's, what's the answer that I uh, need to get to that place? Many people look, you know, for different religions of... Uh, going on quests and enlightenment and um, doing certain mantras and different things that they have to do in order to reach a certain level. Animal sacrifices was one of them in the Old Testament that would keep sin away for a year, would cleanse you know, that, that people. And so we had all these rules in order to get to God, and, but the standard was still so high. It was too high for us to reach because it's God. 
and none of us can, can reach that standard. So he decided, hey, instead of them trying to reach me, why don't I come down to them? And that's what he did. That's what Easter is all about. Easter is about Jesus coming to earth, living as a man, and paying the ultimate sacrifice, taking, you know, John, John 1 says, Behold the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. So he doesn't, just, uh, he doesn't just keep us in our sin, he actually removes the root cause issue and the hole in our heart for relationship with God. And so he, he came down to our level. And C.S. Lewis has a quote, he says, The Son of God became the Son of Man so that sons and daughters of men can become sons and daughters of God. And that's what he did. There's been a lot of religious um, stuff in the world about keeping rules. It's about me becoming good. And that's turned so many people away from the reality and the nature of God. And the church often, not always, but often has misrepresented uh, who God is because of religion, because of works, because of more rituals and 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 putting shame on people who, you know, are living horrendous lives or anything like that. And the reality is we have all sinned and fallen short of the glory of God and fallen short of the standard of God. And we've all done that, every single one of us, me included. And so the, um, the reality is, well, how do I get to God? And I'm just going to show you a little analogy right now. If So if you can see that, I'm going to try and turn this towards you. So... Let me explain this to you. This is a great analogy, um, and so when God, so I've got the father, I've got the father here. Here he is. This is the father. You can see father, right? I spelled that correct. Cool. Then we've got the son, right? And then we've got the Holy Spirit, and so they were perfect in creation. And I just want to encourage you: if you not, you don't know God here this morning, you're not an accident. You are not a mistake. You have a designer, a creator. You, it's not, you don't put a two car crashes and then all of a sudden they crash together and out comes a beautiful Ferrari. That just doesn't happen. There has to be order, there has to be design, there has to be creation that actually creates something. A book gets put together, it, it gets, you know, words get put in order on a page and, you know, it gets bound nicely and it gets, you know, made into something beautiful. And God created you not evil, he created you beautiful. But sin has corrupted humanity. So you're not, you're not, uh, you might be a sinful person, but you're not, you're not evil. God created you beautiful. He created you in his image and in his likeness. And that's an amazing thing. And so here, God, if we have this water, which hopefully you can see, we have the Father, we have the Son, and we have the Holy Spirit. And they decided to create man we'll call this one man, in their image and their likeness. Right? And then they decided Adam and Eve had perfect relationship with God. So they could, they could come in and out of relationship with God whenever they wanted. But then Adam and Eve decided to eat of the tree of knowledge of good and evil. And this is sin, right? This is, this is sin. This is uh, just a little bit of coffee. It's actually nice coffee. It's called Jesus Walks. But, um... <laughs> it, uh... Right? So here we have sin. Right? Now they're corrupt. You can see that. And it's called lost in sin. Lost in sin. Right? And so from now, there was separation because God, He cannot have sin uh, in His presence. 
It's, it's a violation of the design that he created us. He, he, like parents, they want what's best for their kids and they have an idea and understanding of what's best for their kids. But at some point, their kids need to make a decision and make a choice. And when I had my, um, Charlotte's my first daughter, when I had her, uh, when she was in the womb with, with Shen, um, <clears throat> God spoke to me and he said, Liam, Charlie doesn't, hasn't yet met you, but you love her 100%. She hasn't done anything to deserve your love. She's, just, she's a baby. But when she comes out, she's going to meet you for the first time and you're going to meet her. And he said, that's how I love every single person on the planet, whether they know me or they don't know me. He says, I love them 100% because he created them. Whether they're doing evil things or not, God loves them. Because it's not about what we're doing for God, it's about what God has done for us, right? And so people do good things, right? They, they, they help their little old lady across the road, right? They do these good things. They, they you know, give to the poor or they, maybe they go to church even. Maybe they say prayers, right? But that doesn't actually change their nature. Their nature is still the same. It's still the same. It still stays the same. It still has this sinful tarnish inside of their nature. doesn't matter what they do. They could do uh, rituals, routines, all these good things. They could be the best person on the outside, but God's not interested on the outside. He's interested in what's in the heart, right? So what had to happen is they had to send, send the son to die on the cross, and he conquered sin. The Bible says that Jesus became sin so that you and I might become the righteousness of God. And what that means is simple. It means that Jesus took on this. He took on you and I, our sin, and he buried it in the grave in the tomb. And then what happened is that sinful nature got buried and the moment, here's this free will thing again, if I can bring it back to this. The moment we have the opportunity to receive Jesus, because it's a free choice. It's a free gift, but it's a free choice. We have the ability to choose God, and we have the ability not to choose God. There's a great story in the Bible where Jesus is hanging on the cross, and he's in the middle. There's one thief on his right and one thief on his left. And the one on the right, or the one on the left, I can't remember which one, chooses God. He says, surely you're the son of man. I want, will you remember me? And he says, yes, today you'll be with me in paradise. Because he, he recognized him as the Lord of his life and as the savior of his sins. And he accepted him into his heart, into his spirit. And from that day forth, he became a child of God. And obviously he died. The other guy didn't choose him. And that, the Bible says, for... For God so loved the world that whoever, let's read it actually, John 3, 16, so I can quote it correctly. It says, For God so loved the world that he gave his only son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish, but have eternal life. So there is this thing called free will, and there is this thing called choice. And you and I have the ability to choose God, but he's not forcing himself on us. He wants every single person to know him. And that's why when he resurrected, the Bible says that the Holy Spirit... This is the Holy Spirit, right? Whoop. Takes up residency or makes his home inside of you and I. Now, if we look at that, that says new son or daughter, right? So the moment you receive Jesus, 
you receive the Holy Spirit and you have a pure nature right now, right? Your nature is clean. Your nature is now compatible with God again. And you can have relationship with God. You have the right now to come back into right relationship with God. Right now, you there might be things that like sin tries to get on the outside of you, right? And it tries to, to smear your life or the devil tries to remind you of the sin that you once committed and sin tries to penetrate your life. But the reality is that your nature now is brand new. Your nature is now compatible with God. Many people say, Liam, well, um, you know, I've talked to hundreds and hundreds of people about Jesus, about the love of Jesus. And they say, oh, does this mean I'm going to have to change my life? And the, re- the reality is, is that uh, when I got married to my wife, I'm not walking out of my door trying to not have an affair. I'm, I'm, I'm wanting a good relationship with my wife. So I'm not walking out trying not to sin. I'm just trying to have a relationship with my wife. The moment I was probably one of the most manipulative, angry, twisted kids that I've ever met. The moment Jesus came into my life, I started a relationship where he started to work on my heart, but my nature had changed to where I was, I was wanting to come into alignment with the creator and the way that he designed me to live. I didn't want to go against God, not out of fear of punishment, but out of the reality that his love is so profound and so profusely good. And so that's the same with my wife is I'm not walking out the door trying, oh, I got to not have an affair or I got to not sin. I'm walking out going, how can I have a really good relationship with my wife? And the reality is, is that when your nature change, you want to, you want to, please God. You want to be in relationship with God. And so the reality is that we have a choice. You and I, if you don't know, if you don't know God here today, then I would encourage you that there is no middle ground. Jesus says he's the only way to the father. No one comes through him. Like I said at the start, if his death and resurrection is, is not real, then I'm, I'm like, I'm the least, the least, the most to be pitied. Um, this is this is no good. But if if his death and resurrection is real, then I want every single person to know the deep love and the deep, profound love that Jesus has for them, and that they have the free will to accept Jesus into their heart and into their life. You could be like the guy on the cross that says, "You might be, uh, you might be that that broken sin." that's trying, has tried everything to try and get right with God, but you just don't know how to do that. And, the, and it's, it's simple. It's inviting Jesus into your heart, into your life. And I'd love to give you guys, there's over 40, 50 people watching or been watching this, this live stream. I'd love to give people the opportunity over this Easter um, weekend because that's why Jesus died. He died for our sins but then he resurrected so we can actually have relationship with him. If he just died for our sins, then we couldn't have relationship with him because the problem would never have been fixed where we could have the Holy Spirit living inside of us. But when he resurrected, we now get to have the resurrection power living inside of us. 
And what he conquered, he now gives to us. So we essentially conquered that as well because of what he's done. And so his victory is our victory. His breakthrough is our breakthrough. His conquering is our conquering. And that's why the Bible calls us more than conquerors. And so if you're lost, if you're lost out there, you're lost in sin. I would encourage you to invite Jesus. Or I want to encourage you to invite Jesus into your heart and into your life. And it's a free will. It's a free choice. You can choose. You can either choose yes or you can choose no. But I can guarantee you it'll be the best choice you'll ever make. It won't always be easy and it doesn't mean all your problems are gone. It doesn't mean any of that. But it means that you can now have a relationship with the creator, the one who loves you, the one who adores you, the one who, you know, I haven't lived a perfect life since I met Jesus. But I can tell you this, my life has been radically transformed because I have a relationship with God. And so I just want to encourage you, if that's you, if you're watching this and you know God, then I just want to remind you of the simplicity of your righteousness. That it's not by your works, it's not by your deeds, it's not by what, how much you can do for God, it's what He's done for you. It's by the grace, it's grace, it's called the grace of God. Grace is, before you know Jesus, grace is the undeserved favour. You did not deserve this gift and yet He decided to give it to you if you want it. And so if you don't know Jesus, you can have that gift. And uh, I just want to encourage you guys, just, we're just going to pray. And if you're watching and you're like, I want to know this peace. Because you can have eternal peace, eternal hope, eternal joy, eternal righteousness, eternal holiness, right? And one day you will die. That is a guarantee that one day all of us will die from this, this fleshly body. And we will, uh, we will stand before some, someone. And uh, I just want to encourage you, make that decision uh, if, if you want to. And uh, accept Jesus as your Lord and Savior. You can have eternal peace and get to know God here on earth. But then when we get to heaven, we get to have eternal life with Him as well. So, <clears throat> if you don't know God and you want to receive Jesus, I'd encourage you just to repeat this prayer right now. If the Bible says if you confess with your mouth and you believe in your heart that He's the Lord of your life and He's the Savior of your life, then uh, I would encourage you to pray this earnestly with me and, uh, and we're going to ask Jesus to come into the life and hearts of people this morning. And if you do, if you're like, hey, I've, I've, uh, this is the first time I've done that, I've never heard the gospel preached like this before or presented like this before and I want to receive Jesus as my Lord and as my Savior, um, if you could send either me a private message or um, the church uh, a message just to let us know um, so that we can celebrate with you. The Bible says that when one person repents and comes back to God, that there's a party in heaven and there's just this massive celebration. The angels are banging on the banisters of heaven. And, uh, and so if that's you, then I just encourage you to let us know uh, or let someone know that maybe is a Christian or a follower of Jesus. Uh, let them know at least that would be fantastic. Uh, if you are a Christian here this morning, I just want to remind you of the hope that you and I have resurrection power dwelling in our mortal bodies, that Jesus took up, made his home inside of you. He, we are the temple of God and we are the righteousness of God and we are compatible. We are compatible with the Father again. We're, we're brand new creations, all right? We are the hope. We have the hope of the world. We're a city set on a hill. We can't, we're the light of the world because of what Jesus has done. It's time to shine brightly and not just reflect the world around us. Okay, so let's pray. Father, 
So if you, if you don't know Christ and you want to accept him as your Lord and Savior, then repeat with me, all right? So Father, thank you that you love me. Thank you that you died for me. I ask you to forgive me of all my sins, of all my wrongs, of all the things that I've done that have missed the mark against you. Thank you, Jesus, that you love me and that you died on the cross and then you resurrected so that you could actually have relationship with me again. That you died because I'm worthy, that I'm not a mistake, that I'm not an accident, that I have a purpose. And I thank you that you knit me together in my mother's womb. Forgive me of all my sins and I ask you right now to I invite you into my life and into my heart. And Holy Spirit, right now, that you would come and fill me up with your love. In Jesus' name, amen. If you prayed that prayer for the first time or you invited Jesus into your heart, what that means is you're a new creation now. You are a son, you are a daughter, your nature is pure. Your experience might not change drastically. I pray it does. But it's the best decision that you've ever made. And now I'd encourage you to, um, to read this book. Read John. If you're a new, a new person, read the Bible. Read John, the book of John. And that explains a lot about Jesus' love and Jesus' grace. And get connected into a church if you can somewhere. If it's us or anywhere else, it doesn't really matter. Um, just to to get some, some training and teaching and people loving you and getting around you and I'd encourage you to do that. Um, otherwise, I hope everyone else, you have a great Easter. Um.